I love love. My daughter keeps writing that on all her pictures. It's so adorable. And I can see why. Rooted in Relevés wrote such a nice review of my podcast. It's titled, This is Needed. It says, This podcast brightens my day. It reminds me that I can take control and achieve my goals by simply creating healthy habits and taking small steps. This advice is not only helpful, but it's needed. Thank you, Chris, for sharing this with us all. As always, it is my absolute pleasure. Thank you, Rooted and Relevés, for taking the time to leave me a review. And such a lovely one. Don't forget, my contest is still on. Leave a review for a chance to win a $50 Starbucks gift card. And in the spirit of the season, for every review, I will be donating to The Shoebox Project. Thanks again so much for listening and for your wonderful feedback. You're listening to A Little Bit Better, a podcast where we talk about how breaking goals into small steps can lead to big results. Here we'll examine the cause and effects of our thoughts, our actions, and inactions, and how they influence how we live our lives. I'm your host, Chris Swale, a life and health coach. Let's get started. Hey, hey, welcome back to A Little Bit Better, the podcast. I'm your confidence coach and host, Chris Swale, here today to talk about optimism, the power it holds and how to do it, especially when it feels like it's raining lemons. As always, when it comes to your mental health, if you are feeling depressed or extra anxious and you don't know what to do, you may need extra help. Please connect with your doctor and let a loved one know. You are not alone. Okay, let's dive in. Optimism, according to Wikipedia, is an attitude reflecting a belief or hope that the outcome of some specific endeavor or outcomes in general will be positive, favorable, and desirable. So, an optimistic person is someone who is hopeful and confident about the future. Crickets, right? I get it. There are certain times that feel so dark and heavy that it feels impossible to see a way out or to see that it's going to get better anytime soon. Here, where I am in Toronto, we have been in some sort of lockdown and restricted living for most of the entire year of 2020. People are losing their shit. The stress and strain is real on many levels. Mental stress affects our physical stress and physical stress affects our mental stress. When I say they affect each other, what I mean is that when you experience one, you usually will experience the other one. And then that can compound because they kind of just pile and layer on top of each other. Outside factors and circumstances can feel very stressful. Feeling restricted can feel very stressful. Feeling helpless and hopeless also can feel very stressful. Being in a positive mindset, let alone optimistic, can feel like a massive stretch. So, of course, it's needed more than ever right now. If you're going to spend mental energy, and you do, you spend it all the time, whether you're aware or not, you may as well pull up your socks and nudge your mind towards the positive, towards hope and confidence of a better future. Let's look at mental energy for a minute. Mental energy is the active cognitive thought waves or patterns in your mind. More simply put, mental energy really means your mood. Your mind is filled with mental energy day and night. Sometimes it's more obvious and sometimes it's just kind of going on in the background there. 
Mental energy, although in the mind, is so connected to your physical body. Think about a time that you were flooded with happiness, let's say. So much happiness. The happiness happened in your mind, but your body likely reacted as well. You may have smiled really big. Maybe you closed your eyes and raised your face skyward. Possibly you expelled a big breath of air. Maybe you put your hands over your heart or reached out and hugged or touched another person. Maybe you laughed, voice and body bouncing. Maybe you even cried. So many physical reactions from that emotion. Now look at what happens when you are angry. Does your heart start beating hard and loudly, maybe quickly in your chest? Do your cheeks flush red and your body even feels hot in temperature? Do all your muscles tense up? Maybe you clench your fists or stamp your foot. Maybe you have a primal urge to do some sort of guttural scream. Sadness can bring tears, heaving breath, maybe a collapsed body, a lowered head. Excitement may make you feel light on your feet. You may skip and dance or wiggle all this positive energy that just wants to come out. I think you get it. All the emotions, these things we put in our minds, get projected out through our physical bodies. So when we are in a negative headspace, our body is going to reciprocate negative actions as well. When the body reacts, as we feel that emotion more cognitively, we connect to it and allow it residence. This is good when the mood is good, right? But we are human and humans are wired with our good old lizard brain to keep us safe. And if you remember from the first couple of episodes, it's also always on the lookout for danger. It's a very suspicious little thing, and so our default can tend to the negative. Manifesting negative moods is not so good for the body, but our primitive brain doesn't know that. It's just trying to keep us safe. That's its job. Because, if you remember, it's always looking out for danger and it can't differentiate real physical danger, like being chased by a tiger, from emotional thoughts that feel the same way, that evoke the same feelings of fear or anxiety. Generally in life, if you're in a period that doesn't feel like too much of a peak or valley, you naturally flow better with your mood control, or at least your mood's feel and seem less extreme and less noticeable to you. But add a circumstance such as, oh, I don't know, a world pandemic, and the body goes into overdrive because the mind does too. Your brain is trying to keep you safe, but now it's stressed and remaining in elevated levels of stress. This is not good. When you are stressed, the brain releases extra cortisol that can actually damage your brain. It can impair brain functioning, including memory, concentration, and can lead to poor decision making. But before you despair too much, there is a way to stop that. That way is, of course, by changing your thinking. Remember, you create your feelings with your thoughts. Your thoughts and your feelings are your beliefs. Beliefs are how you identify in the world. So changing your thoughts to positive ones stops the heightened flow of cortisol and essentially clears the brain fog. So imagine if you can, being in a place of pure optimism. Come on now, give it a try. Imagine how it feels in your mind and your body when you are feeling really optimistic. 
Visualize this for a moment right now if you can. Think, tomorrow is going to be a better day. You may notice that your breathing becomes less shallow. Your shoulders may relax. You might even smile a little bit. What? Yes, it feels light. It feels better than being negative. It feels better in mind and body. Now, what happens when we do this? We release that stress. An article in Psychology Today cites a study from July 2013 that shows optimistic people handle stress better than pessimistic people. Their optimism stabilizes the brain's cortisol levels, which lowers feelings of stress. Now that is powerful mind work. And here's the thing. You have the power to decide if you are going to be an optimist or a pessimist. You get to choose every day in every situation. Once you have trained your brain to one or the other, optimism or pessimism, it becomes easier to lean by habit or default to your chosen outlook. This isn't to say that you won't struggle to be optimistic if that's the path you choose, and I hope it is. In certain situations, you may stumble and it can be harder and take a lot more work. But that's natural and you're human because sometimes it just is hard to find the good, the optimism, the hope. And now you know, whether you like it or not, that you get to choose. You have that awareness. Awareness is so fascinating. Once you know something, you know it and it's hard to ignore it. So if you're in a situation where that pops up or a feeling or something, a behavior pops up, you can identify it. That can be a blessing or a curse. Trust me, I'm well aware. It honestly makes me talk out loud to myself. If I'm in a negative mood, I can usually catch myself in it and I can tell myself exactly what I'm doing. But sometimes I have literally yelled at myself, I know what's going on in you brain, but I want to be mad right now. And that's okay. Sometimes we do want or need to provide space for the less fun moods. We just don't want to stay there too long or stay only there. So how can you change from a negative mood to a positive one? Go through neutral. It does depend on what your mood is all about, of course, the situation or circumstance or the thoughts that you're telling yourself. Sometimes you can easily swing it from one way to another, but sometimes it takes a little bit more work. For me, anyways, it can be hard to go from a negative space to a positive space in one step. Why? Because, like I just mentioned, when I'm yelling at myself that I want to be mad, I'm not ready to go skipping and humming down the street. I need to take my small steps to nudge myself out of that negative headspace. I can't force myself because then I might make myself angrier and I won't believe the new state I want to be in. And remember how we just touched upon how our thoughts and feelings create our beliefs and our beliefs are our identity. So if I don't believe something, I can't identify with that thought or feeling that I'm trying to have. You need to have all the pieces to make it actually work, to make it effective. Even when you know the specific thing that you're upset about, you may need to focus first on one other little component, and that is consciously owning any non-supportive self-talk that you may have on repeat in your mind. Recognize it and release it. Sometimes you can just sigh it away or say, that's enough of that now. 
whatever you need to be gentle on yourself so you can move forward without judging yourself. You may need to take a little bit of time to coax yourself out of that thought pattern, that cycle of negative self-talk. Next, you can focus in and identify what is bothering you. It's always best to be as specific as possible. After that, try to find a neutral thought that you can apply to it. And when you are ready, turn that thought positive. Or maybe you can just release the whole thing. Sometimes you you get to the state where you're like, this is not even worth it. And you can move on. That is a very condensed version of my thought ladder exercise, which we've spoken about in a couple of different episodes in the past. You can download my thought ladder template through the link in my Instagram bio, and I will see if I can find a way to put it in the show notes here. But how do you do this when life is extra hard? Because sometimes the block is there, it's so heavy, and the future feels so uncertain that even trying to do a thought ladder can be really, really hard. How in the world can you make your brain see the opposite when it's feeling so, so pointed in the other direction? You need to actually be optimistic for the thoughts to work their magic. So here's another exercise which you can do instead of or before the thought ladder. What this is, is to write down good things. Reset your brain to start seeing good. So grab a pen and a piece of paper Or go download my good things worksheet in my bio as well. Okay, here's how it works. If you're working off my template, that's easy. If you're working on a plain piece of paper, just quarter it. So put a line down the middle and a line across the middle. So you've got four boxes. So start small. In the first box, what was something good that happened today? Maybe you got a text that made you smile. It can be that small. Start in the top left box and write that down and then write more. Find all those little things. Start looking for them. Become aware of all the little things that might seem insignificant or not and write them down. Like usual, there are no rules. If there's any little thing that felt good for you today, write it down. Remember, the reason we write these things down, all my exercises usually are written, is because when you write, you form a stronger connection. Once you're on a roll and have a good list going, you can go on to box number two. And here you're going to step a little bit bigger. Look out over the past month or three months and start writing out good things that happened within that time period. These things likely will be a little bit bigger or more memorable than the small daily things that get lost in our memories the next day. Did you meet and connect with a new person? Did you get an exercise in once or twice a week? Did you finish a great book? Hand in a project knowing that you nailed it. Write those things down. When you have a solid list there, time to face forward. So go on to box number three. Now we're looking at the future. What good things, little or big, do you think will happen tomorrow or in the next week? Don't go any further than that for this box. Might you have coffee with a friend, join an exercise class, or a membership group? Don't discount those kinds of things because they create connection and humans thrive off social connection. Maybe you've scheduled in time to brainstorm for your next project. Maybe there is a birthday, yours or a loved one's. Write out all those good things. Some of them may seem quite certain, and some of them may just be things that you're hoping will happen. And do you see what just happened there? 
You're writing things that you are confident will happen and things you hope for. Optimistic people look to the future with hope and confidence that it will be good. It doesn't have to be unrealistically fantastic. It just needs to be believable for you. And that's just it there. Being optimistic doesn't mean you have to be out to lunch. I can hear the peanut gallery making their comments right now. Okay, yes, you can be totally out to lunch. You can dream big and elaborate and completely reach for the stars. It's so fun to do that and to to have hope and dream with reckless abandon. Go for it if you want to. But if that's not your style and you really want to try to apply something little to take you there, know that being optimistic just means you know that some good things are coming, even if there is still a lot of negative surrounding them. Having optimism is like when you suddenly see a few stars appear through a clouded night sky. They twinkle with brightness. They are your little beacons of good and hope. When you look for good, you'll find it. Being optimistic doesn't mean you turn a blind eye to the negative around you. It could be a little bit, maybe, but it means you aren't fixated on the negative. You are looking for better, even just a little bit better. Sorry, I had to. And better is good. Okay, so for box four, you're going to write good things that you anticipate may happen in the next three months. So similar to box two, these things may be a little bit bigger than tiny, small, daily joys, but they may not be as well. So anything that could be reoccurring, it could be something like walking your child to school. If It may seem like a small joy, but if you know that's something you do and it brings you a lot of happiness, then that goes in there. It could be a planned vacation. Yes, I do believe we will be allowed to travel again someday soon. It could be a birthday. It could be a wedding, a birth, anything. So box four is for the next three months, good things that you are hopeful will happen. And I just want to make one little note about all four of these categories. No box should be left blank. If you hear yourself saying, this is impossible, I can't think of anything good, then you need to step back and listen to what you're saying. It may mean that you're not ready, you're not ready to shift your your thinking and to shift your outlook, and it may mean that you're sitting in a little bit of victim mentality mode, and sometimes we just need to shake ourselves out of it. You should be able to find good things in all of those categories, even when you are in really dark days. So I really encourage you to try to lower whatever guards you have and do this exercise. And you may find that once you start doing it with the little daily things that the rest become a lot easier to see. And you will be able to do exactly what the exercise is designed for, which is training yourself to find and recognize the good things in your life. So what have we learned? We've learned that optimism reduces stress and brain fog. It doesn't have to be loud and unrealistic. It can be gentle and small. You get to pick every time. You get to choose and decide to be an optimist rather than a pessimist, even when you'd rather not. You might stumble. No biggie. It happens to us all. Just try again. The benefits of optimistic thinking are mental and physical, and that is mega powerful medicine, especially when times are heavy. Take a look right now. 
What good thing do you see in front of you right now? I am entirely optimistic that 2021 is going to be better. Maybe not all at once on January 1st, but I believe with my whole heart that the sun is ready to shine on you, my friend. You've got this. Thanks for listening to A Little Bit Better. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave me a review. Your ratings and reviews help more people like you find this podcast. Subscribe to A Little Bit Better so you never miss an episode. Share it with friends and family. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at This Is A Little Bit Better or find me online at a littlebitbetter.ca. I'd love to hear from you. And if you'd like information about coaching with me, please reach out. I am Chris Swale. I'm excited to connect again soon. So until next time, have fun being a little bit better.